Good morning, everyone. Morning, morning, yes. Whether you are old or young, whether you are a first-time or a long-time worshipper, whether you come full of doubt or confidence, joy or sorrow, in this moment we are all family, we are all in the presence of the Lord, and we are all so welcome here today. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all every day. Amen. Let's have a moment of silence just to be here in this moment. And then you can join me in our call to worship that will be on the screen. God, our creator and our provider, on this winter morning, we gather here in faith. In the warmth of your goodness, we meet here to hear your voice, to feel your presence, and to know your truth. God, our sustainer and our redeemer, on this God, our friend and our companion, on this winter morning we gather here in love, in the certainty of your embrace. We meet to celebrate our community, to share our lives, and to be one in Christ. The time to worship.
love it. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Thank you so much. Thank you for trying a new song with us. We will sing that again. Winter time is a difficult time. The days are short, cold, and wet. The nights feel long, cold, and dark. The trees are bare. Some mornings bring frost. We cannot always do the things we'd like to do. Winter time not only happens in nature, it can also happen in us. And therefore, for the last few weeks, we have focused on winter time. And so our prayer will dance together. In this season, make us short on grumpy thoughts, long on sharing words of gentleness. Make us short on being rushed and long on attentiveness. Make us short on seeing what's right before us, long on peering into the horizon. Make us short on out-of-control to-do lists, long on savoring kindness. Make us short on overlooking the dark sky, long on gazing at the twinkling stars. Make us short on tradition as a habit, long on re-owning and recreating. Make us short on ignoring the hungry, long on making a delicious meal. Make us short on rushing, long on wondering and pondering. Make us short on walking past those, sleeping in the cold, and long in sharing blankets and hot tea. Make us short on longing for what's next, and long on savoring the darkness. Let's sing God of the Bible.
two readings this morning. One from the epistle to the Philippians and the other one from the gospel according to St. Matthew. From Philippians, <coughs> I know what it is to be in need and what it is to have more than enough. I have learnt this secret so that anywhere at any time I am content. Whether I am full or hungry, whether I have too much or too little, I have the strength to face all conditions by the power that Christ gives me. And from the Gospel of St. Matthew, For only a penny you can buy two sparrows, yet not, not one sparrow falls to the ground without your father's consent. As for you, even the hairs of your head have all been counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth much more than many sparrows. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, as we gather here today, like we've just sung, we are here to worship you. We are here to give you our heart. We are here so that we can know you more, know you better. Thank you, dear Lord, that you begin with us anew every day, that you strengthen us, that you guide us. Be with us in this service so that Everything that happens here will be all about you and our relationship with you and with one another. May you still our hearts and open our ears and our hearts so that we can know you, so that we can be filled by your spirit, so that this will only be the beginning, that we will go out into this world and be who you called us to be. You know our hearts, dear Lord. You know what we are scared of, what makes us anxious, what makes us happy. Thank you that you are in that too, in all of it, with all of us, every day. We ask this in your name alone. Amen. Okay, kids.
Simply to be, to be in the stillness, simply to trust God is here. Simply to know the Holy Presence is to be blessed, so I am blessed. Simply to hold the given moment, simply to lay concern aside, simply to let the heart be speaking is to be blessed, so I am blessed, writes Shirley Murray. To be blessed is something that different people hold different criteria for. For most people, the world tells us to be blessed is all about what you have, what you can afford, what you are gifted with, what you can buy, what makes you happy, what makes you feel good and loved. That is to be blessed. But when we listen to the words of Shirley Murray, she creates a different kind of criteria for what it means to be blessed. We might want all sorts of things in order for us to feel blessed. But when we have on other people, then we went one step further, or shall I say one step closer, and we talked about how when winter creeps into our personal lives, when the future or the now makes us want to keep to ourselves in the now. And so we read about Jacob and we read how God came to him when he was in a very unsure place. And God said, Jacob, I'm telling you now, you will never be alone. 
You don't have to do life alone. I will keep you. I will keep you safe. I will be with you. And I will give you a home again. We read and we saw and we heard these stories of hope and care for especially Jacob when it was against all the odds that God would still help him. And then Kathy and Karen went on and they talked about how in all of this, no matter what happens, nothing will separate us from the love God has for us. And so today we go even further in this winter series and we talk about times and challenges when it feels like our relationship with God goes into a winter season. Winter times with God and our relationship with God can mean a whole bunch of things. It could suggest those times when you just don't want to talk to God. When you don't want to read the Bible. Or when you read the Bible and it doesn't mean anything. Or you might read it, but it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't have the same impact it always had. It might mean that you don't want to come to church. Or when you do the usual words and songs and rituals, doesn't have any or the same effect on you anymore. You might want to set aside all those spiritual books you've bought. Or if you still do all of the above, then you... You don't feel better afterwards. You don't feel closer to God in any way. All in all, a winter time means a distant time. When we feel distant from God. Think about it. When, when you go into a winter with God, what are the things that you sometimes tend to do or don't want to do? I think usually in a winter season, we want to walk away. We stop God and then feel bad for asking them. Or when we go into a spiritual winter, we might also feel that the problem is not us at all. It's God. God doesn't listen. God doesn't help. He doesn't want to help. God keeps helping and tending to others, but not me, not my family, not my job, not my prayers, hopes, and dreams. We try and we try and we do all the usual things. It just doesn't bring us wisdom and strength. It doesn't give, give us the outcome that we want or think we need. The point is many of us, as Philip Yancey, the writer puts it, has somewhere in our lives heard the silence of God. And felt discouraged, sad, and disappointed by it. Now the thing is, if you've experienced it, I've experienced it, we're not the only ones. We can read something, something like Psalm 44, and we want to echo the words we read. Awake, Lord, why do you sleep? Rouse yourself, do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery? And It's signs of a winter that's coming. When we read Psalm 44, the whole psalm, we meet a bunch of people who aren't happy. They are angry. In verse 13 to 16, we read, You have made us reproach to our neighbors, the scorn and derision of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations. 
The people shake their heads at us. I live in disgrace all day long, and my face is covered with shame. At the taunts of those who reproach and revile me because of the enemy who is bent on revenge. When you read this psalm and these verses, they repeat these accusations against God. When you read it, you hear the words, you've rejected us, you've humiliated us, you've turned your back on us. You have made us and then scattered us. You've sold your people. Can you hear their pain? Can you hear the suffering? No. The psalm carries on and says, we are not the ones who've turned our backs. We are still faithfully serving you. We have not forgotten your name. We have not reached out to a foreign God. The message translation reads, our feet never left your path. It's always like they're saying, if only we did. If only we did do all these things, then maybe we could understand the pain and the sorrow of what's happening with us. Ourselves by worshipping other gods, but we haven't. And so they ask the question many have asked, why has God forgotten them? This psalm is so real. I can almost see those people asking, why is God so far away? Why does it feel like God is sleeping? They are doing all these things to try and connect with God. I can see them saying, we know what God can do. We know who God is. We know he, he is someone who saves nations. Generation for generation, we've heard these stories. Our parents tell it to us when we sit down and eat. We talk about it before we go to bed. Yet they don't see it. They don't experience this. They don't see any of the care and love. Though they try and try. Does this sound a little bit familiar? Are these feelings and things you can relate to? Those feelings of unease and helplessness. When we feel like God is simply not there. And so, because we sometimes ask questions like, where is God when it hurts? Why does God let bad things happen to good people? Why does it always have to be me? Why do everyone else have it so easy? These are questions we can easily ask when we experience a spiritual winter. And because these questions are as old as the time, and because we are mostly not happy with the answers we get when we ask these questions, I will not try and answer them. I don't have answers to these questions. But what I do know is what we can do when we feel this way. What we can do in those moments of winter, in those moments when it just doesn't seem like God is here. And it's in the reading of this psalm that we have given some guidelines as to what to do, what to feel, how to feel when we experience winter. The first thing is be brave enough to say it. To write it down. Just like the psalmist, he's brave to take what he feels 
how scared they all are and to say it. The theologian Walter Brueggemann writes numerous books on the Psalms and he says, expressing sorrow makes clear that faith and worship deal with and are shaped by life as it comes to us. Expressing sorrow makes clear that faith and worship deal with and are shaped by life as it comes to us. Just as faith and worship are shaped by times of joy and hope and gladness, so we can be shaped by times of winter when we express it. We sometimes only want to wish away the bad. Of course, we don't want to go through all the hurt and pain. Of course, we don't want to die and shape us and make it better. I am a firm believer that God does not let bad things happen to us to teach us a lesson. I do not believe that God is testing us to see how much we can take. I believe bad things happen because we live in a broken world, but we can, through walking with God, learn something in the brokenness. With God, we can grow and become stronger and mature. So to say it, to experience it, to talk about it to someone, to me, to a friend, to a mentor. And if you don't have someone to talk to, find someone, please, so that you can, in talking and sharing, make sense of what is happening when you experience winter. Be brave enough to say it. The second thing is, only focusing on the good, the happy, the prosperous, the glad. We might become people who, who go into this corner of thinking something of religion that it's not. Or we might be people by only focusing on the good who might go out of religion altogether. When we become people who believe in the prosperity gospel, believing only the good and the prosperous, and if we don't receive it, we're not praying hard enough, we're not asking the right things. When we become those people, we might become people who start to doubt God's power and strength and love the moment things get. When we see it, when we take it, and we try and make sense of it, try and learn from it, our faith will mature, grow, and become steadfast, despite the season we are in, despite the season we are in. We can't just try and focus on the good. That's not how life is. The third thing, when Israel say what they feel, when they express what they are going through, when they meet the hurtful dimensions of life head on, seeing it, acknowledging it, their circumstances as a winter, as a crisis, when they see all of it, they are taking God with them through it all. It is in the wondering about it, searching around in it, that they are taking the time to articulate what they are going through, all the time being in a conversation with God. They are taking the time to reformulate their assumptions and expectations they reposition themselves in a world of hurt, but also in a world where God exists, despite the hurt, 
the spite, the sad and the bad. And so in talking about it, in being honest about it, having a dialogue with one another, but also with God, they shape and learn how to cope with all the dimensions life has too often. Even the things that shatter them, alienate them, destroy them. Taking the good with the bad and doing it in conversation with God means one thing. When winter comes, we do not walk away from God. Being sad, angry, mad at God can tempt us to want to walk away. It's the one thing we want to do first. Sometimes we fight with God. Sometimes we question, ask and debate, and that's good. But sometimes when winter really hits hard, we just want to walk away. I'd like to th- I would like you to think about the first scripture we used in, in our s- s- series about winter. We talked about the fact that God told Jacob, I will be with you. I will keep you. I will bring you home. He said, I will give you a home. There are so many stories in the Bible where people leave home. They go to new places. They run away. They get chased away, forced away. The Israelites have a home, lose a home, receive the promise of a new home, get a new home. Moses has a home, ascends to a new home, leaves his home, finds a new home. I mean, the list is endless. Jacob, Isaac. Ruth, Naomi, Esther, the disciples, Jesus, the prodigal son. They are all people who leave home. Some try to leave without God, but most of them leave. They are in winter seasons, but leave home. Do not walk away. Because being with God, being with God is being at home no matter where you are. Being with God can mean all sorts of things, but it is about this continuous creating of opportunities to be with God. When we are mad, angry, sad, when we walk away, when we do not read or pray or study, we miss opportunities of feeling the closeness the connectedness with God despite our uncomfortable situation. And so in winter, do not leave. But if you do, the one thing that Jesus did when he came to earth was bringing home to us. (coughs) He will always come to us first and try and establish a relationship with us, a being at home How? By the Holy Spirit, our constant companion. That's my favorite word for the Holy Spirit, our constant companion. Helping us to feel at home, even in the darkest of dark. And so in stillness, simply to trust that God is there, simply to know the Holy Presence is to be blessed so I am blessed. Simply to hold the given moment, simply to lay concern aside, simply to let the heart be speaking is to be blessed, so I am blessed. So I am blessed with, in God's keeping, 
so I am freed from pointless stress, steadied to feel the soul replenished, given this grace, folded in love. Amen. Let's have a moment of silence just to let this all sink. Today, we yet again have the opportunity to share in the Lord's Supper. This meal is a celebration of God's grace. It's a means of grace through which God acts to seal the promises of the gospel. The power of the celebration does not lie in our ability to think hard about Jesus' death and sin, but in the way. It's not an end in itself. It's always, it always points beyond itself to celebrate God's grace and covenant faithfulness. This does not mean the physical aspects of the celebration are incidental or unimportant. They are symbols of grace, love, fellowship, and new life. Therefore, when we take the bread and we drink from the cup, we celebrate the abundant grace of God offered to us in Christ. And in doing so, we think of our covenantal relationship. We are one with God, the one that was, the one that is, the God of the future. When we share the Lord's Supper together, it is deeply personal, but never private. It's a communal action of the gathering of the congregation, which represents the church in all times and all places. So now let's hear the story of how the sacrament began. On the night on which Jesus was betrayed, he sat at supper with his disciples while they were eating. He took a piece of bread, said a blessing, broke it and gave it to them with the words, this is my body, which is for you. Do this to remember me. Later, he took the cup saying, this cup is God's covenant, sealed with my blood. Drink from it, all of you, to remember. Let's now see.
this braid. So, I have a full sharing. Let's do the same. Dear Lord, you told us to those who are hungry, we should come and eat. There will be more than enough for all. You said to those who are thirsty, we can come and drink. It'll be free for the taking. You said we should stop wasting our money on things that will not satisfy. But when we come to you, we will find everything we need. When we take this bread, when we drink from the cup, may that happen in us. That we will be satisfied with you and your love for us. Thank you that we can ask this in your name. Amen. Let's now listen to the same song again. You can just sit and listen to it. <coughs> sharing the symbols you can follow me by reading on on this on the board the bread that we break is a sharing the body of Christ the cup for which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ Now eat the bread, now drink the cup. Thanks be to God. The stewards can now come forward and I will serve them and then afterwards they will serve you in the seats today.
Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that we have been fed. Thank you, Lord, that we could be here. Help us to not forget and to share what we have, what we've received with everyone, everyone that we meet. Thank you that we can ask this in your name. Amen. Now that we have received, we have time to give our offerings. What we have is a gift from God, and what we give is our gift back to him. Amen. I'm looking at you, Doug. <laughs> because I've had to resort to old technology. have printed, it's so long since I've printed anything out, it failed me. Many dimensions as we speak to God at many different times of the day and in different situations and from many different points of view. Today as we think of vast populations worldwide being afflicted by the COVID-19 pandemic, our heartfelt prayer of intercession is for families overwhelmed with distress. Walk along with them, my Lord. We pray that their leaders will be open to international advice and accepting of assistance that is offered. We earnestly pray that the scientific community will be successful in developing an effective vaccine and in fast-tracking production. May it be available internationally. We offer a fervent prayer of thanks for all the health professionals who are working so tirelessly at great personal risk and that of their families. Bless them and keep them safe, Loving Father. We pray also for those worlds. In New Zealand, we give thanks that we have been able to return to workplaces and schools to what is our new normality. 
Our big focus for the coming weeks will be the election in September. We pray for guidance to help us sift through the volume of election rhetoric to come. Guide us to make wise and informed decisions. We pray for the candidates standing for election. May they be true to their personal ideals and have the fortitude to withstand the various challenges they will face. We pray also for our local community, our bubble. We acknowledge the blessings we have and continue to receive. However, we remember those in our family and community who are in need of love and support, maybe suffering ill health, bereavement, job insecurity, to mention a few. Bless them. May they feel your presence and through us the strength of your love and support. We have a very special prayer this morning for our young people, especially those in the tertiary, secondary and sadly even primary levels of our education system. We have been hearing disturbing evidence of a, seri of a serious level of anxiety amongst these precious, this precious section of our community. We need your inspired guidance, loving Father, to be alert to the early indications in behaviour and to have the wisdom to seek professional help promptly. We pray that our health system will have sufficient depth to provide effective help and support to all our young people and their families. During this time of COVID, a winter time, there has also been life at a slower pace, a time for reflection, reorganising, patience, asking questions and listening more attentively. We pray that the bloods, buds of this reflection will unfold within us and blossom during the springtime days ahead. Dear Lord, walk along with us. We pray for your continuing love and guidance. Amen. Let's stand and we will sing our last song and then you can stay standing for our benediction after that. Here in this place new light is streaming Now is the darkness vanished away See in this face our fears and our dreamings brought here to you in the light of the day. Gather us in the lost and forsaken. Gather us in the blind and the lame. Call to us now and we shall awaken. We shall arise at the sound of your name. Not in the dark of buildings confining, not in some ever the light years away, but in this place the new day is shining, now is the kingdom, now is the day. Gather us in and hold us down ever, gather us in and make us your own. Gather us in, all oh, the together, fire up 
now as we go out into the world may the love of our lord jesus draw us to him may the power of lord jesus make us strong in his service may the joy of the lord fill us and may the blessings of the almighty god the father the son and the holy spirit be between us now and forevermore amen, amen.